Welcome to The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I am super excited to have you with us today. This podcast isn't just about digital marketing. It's about creating a business and a life you love on your terms. I'm here to explore how you can harness the power of email marketing, newsletters, content marketing, and even artificial intelligence to create value and serve your audience in a meaningful way. And remember, this is all about you. This journey is all about finding fun, effective, and enjoyable ways to engage with your audience, build your brand, and grow your business. On this show, you'll hear from me in solo episodes where I'll share my experiences and insights, as well as conversations with successful entrepreneurs and creators who have mastered the art of digital marketing in unique ways. We'll share their stories, strategies, and case studies to inspire and educate you on your own journey. So, Are you ready to turn digital marketing into a fun journey that brings real results to your business and life? Let's do this together. Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. What up, what up? Long, long time. No podcast, no talk. How you doing? Uh, Welcome back to the Kim Doyle Show. Yes, I have pivoted back to the Kim Doyle Show from F Hustle with Kim Doyle. Oh, I've got so much to catch you guys up on. I am going to jump right in, and this will probably be the first episode of a couple where I bring you up to speed with everything that has been going on. So yeah, we're just going to jump right in. Um, I have officially been back in California for four months now, and when I say it's been an adventure... I'm not going to bore you with like niggly details. And for what it's worth, I actually had, I've written a whole, I'd written a previous episode at two months and did not record it. So that's going to get deleted, but you know, for what it's worth, it was probably a working through of some thoughts. So, you know, it certainly was not a waste of time. All right. So here's a, just a, a little gist of the, how the first few months have gone. So first of all, I returned to some crazy cold weather and snow like we have not seen before. Um, Many of you know, some of you don't, but um, that I um, have landed at my dad's for a while. And my my parents had retired to this little town called Pioneer. And it is about mm, maybe an hour and a half southeast of Lake Tahoe hours. Anyways, um, going one direction. And then Sacramento is about an hour, 15 hour, 30, the other direction. But I'm about two hours from the East Bay, which is where I spent. Um, I don't know. How long was I in Brentwood? 16, 17 years, something like that. Anyway, so this little town and because it, it, it sort of looks like Lake Tahoe, you know, he's got tons of beautiful pine trees around here. He's got an acre. It's gorgeous. And, um, you know, my mom passed away. Gosh, I can't believe it. Four years ago this summer. And so my dad loves the company. Right. And for me, I just could not fathom sort of where I wanted to be coming back. And it's probably going to be a whole other episode, but my my goal is really to go back and forth. Six months in California, six months in Costa Rica. I I miss it immensely, but I know this was the right decision, and I have no regrets. So so that's good. Um, but yeah, like the snow was wild. My parents have gotten snow up here, you know, since they moved up here in two thousand five from the Bay Area, and 
you know, it was snow and there'd be, there's a few years where it was intense and the kids could actually like build snowmen and, you know, my dad bought a snow blower to that extent, but you guys, I am not kidding you. Costa Rica did something to me. It got under my skin, um, but I was pretty miserable. Truth be told, I, I really do not like the cold weather anymore. I had been somebody that I was like, oh, I love the coziness of fall and Christmas and the holidays. And I do, but I don't know that I can do it day to day anymore, to be honest with you. And I know this is like definitely, you know, hashtag first world problems. But so when I got back within a couple of weeks of being back, um, I ended up getting sick. You know, my sister and I, a lot of the uh, the big part of the reason I came back was my dad. He was having some health challenges. He's doing great right now. And that, that's really good. And, you know, it's it's really nice. I can be here to help him with a lot of stuff. My dad is not technical. So he bought a new laptop. We've gotten him online. He's starting to do, um, you know, order medication, do that kind of stuff, doing all those things online instead of it's just and he's getting better about checking his email. I know I didn't finish that sentence, but, you know, so it's been nice to be here to help him with that, as well as just some stuff around the house, even though I've been somewhat limited. And it's like, I had to remind my dad, I'm still healing from back surgery. <laughs> they said it was gonna be a full year, but I will tell you, I am, my back is 100% better today, even than when I moved back here. Anyway, yeah, so I got sick a couple of weeks after I got back, and that stuck around for a few weeks. Still healing from back surgery, like I said. Um, and it was an adjustment living with someone else. You know, I had this very zen-like space in Costa Rica. And I have to tell you, I am quite content living alone. Not that I don't want a partner. Um, I absolutely do. Um, but he's going to have to get that I, I definitely need quiet time. And the challenge is that my dad is extremely chatty. And so we had a couple little um, moments and I just had to get it clear that dad, I work, I'm working Monday through Friday, just because I'm here, you know, doesn't mean I want updates about the phone call you just made to your landscaper or whatever it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So anyway, you know, things have really, we've kind of found a, a happy medium. I don't know if that's the right term, but we have found a good spot to coexist. And so for the time being, that's fine. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I ended up with shingles, which that was fun too. My first time getting them, you know, fortunately, it wasn't really a bad case. But the weird thing is that it ended up like the blisters started coming and it was anybody 50 and over, I'm just saying get the shingles shot because I wouldn't wish this on anybody. But um it was like my hand started hurting and I, I kept thinking, what did I do? Like, what did I do to my hand? Did I bang it? Did I, why is it so sore? Cause it went all the way up my wrist. And then it was like, you know, the inside of my elbow was sore and then up to like, you know, the outside of your bicep kind of anyways, my arm was killing me. And I started getting these blisters on my hand and my palm, my wrist. Well, sure enough, it was shingles. I, I think I caught it in enough time that um, within the first week when the blister started showing up. And so I was able to get medication, which really sort of stops the blisters, but it's the nerve pain um, that is hanging around. It's driving me a little cuckoo um, because it's primarily most painful when I go to sleep. But you know, that is healing too. And that is what I am holding. And I swear to you that when this is gone, 
and the fact that my back is so much better, I'm going to feel like a million freaking bucks. So just watch out. But needless to say, and if anybody has any tips on the nerve pain, I did do a little Googling and YouTubing and there's a doctor I follow on YouTube that I like and have ordered some vitamin D3 and K2, which is supposed to do something for the nerve. So we're going to give that a shot and amen for Amazon, which is a bonus to being back in the States. But those are just the niggly things that came up while trying to adjust to life back in the States. And, you know, I I talk about this a little bit further down, but it's just kind of funny that um, some of the things that I was so excited about conveniences, while there's a ton of conveniences, like my dad is far enough away that there are things that are not super convenient still. So I'm like, but anyways, um, I just I have had a few aha moments. And that's what I'd like to focus on with this episode. As I share the future of the podcast, you guys, I never intended to take four months off. And I know it's been a little bit sporadic. The last year was I don't know how else to say other than it was just there were some challenges. You know, having major surgery in a foreign country and moving and all of those things were were just a lot. Um but um, what's been born out of this unplanned little sabbatical of mine is what I really want to share with you and why I am so freaking excited about the rest of this year. So, you know, originally when I was moving back to the States, um, because it's funny, I had been looking at, uh, the Pacific Northwest. So I'd been looking at Oregon and in Washington, maybe. And I just took a trip with two wonderful friends who, this is a great thing, have been online friends up until now. Like we, this is our first time meeting in person. We've known each other for years and um, do uh, mastermind calls twice a month. But, um, you know, originally I was thinking, I was like, well, if you're going to move back, you may as well be where family and friends are. Um, and I wasn't so sure, you know, I, I ruled out Oregon is too cold. You guys, I'm telling you, I, I just, I really, I never thought I would acclimate so much to heat the way I have um, in Costa Rica. And Costa Rica is a different heat. Like it gets really hot in Northern California during the summer inland, um, at least where I'm at. You know, it can get over 100, not at my dad's as much as Brentwood was over 100 quite a bit. And then the pisser about that is that um, air conditioning costs a boatload. Um, so unless you've got solar, right? But anyways, so um I don't know. I've really started to reevaluate. So then I started looking at some areas that are maybe about an hour from my dad. Um, There's an area, Auburn, which is kind of in the mountains, but a little more, but it's probably 20 minutes closer to bigger stuff. Um, (laughs) But oh my God, I'll I'll tell you what pivoted that too. And so, um, yeah, I mean, everything is definitely more convenient here than it was in Costa Rica. But it's amazing when you let go of those conveniences, how you make do and how you realize you didn't need them as much as you thought. Here was the kicker. All right. I went to Costco on a busy Saturday afternoon with my dad and I realized that, holy hell, this is not for me. Keep in mind, it was the day before Mother's Day, but my dad's so cute. My parents always did stuff for my sister and I for Mother's Day, obviously never needing to. We're their children, not their mothers, but celebrating the parents we are. Very cute. 
because my dad had wanted to like take me to dinner and there was a restaurant that I wanted to go to, but it's an hour away. And so if we're going to go out there, we may as well hit Costco on the way, right? I was so, oh my gosh, I was so overstimulated. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, t- I totally love Costco, but having worked for myself for the last 15 years, I haven't really needed to go on a weekend in a long time. And I always wear AirPods and listen to something while I shop which I'm obviously not going to do when I'm there with my dad. Um, and we went to this huge nursery, which was also incredibly busy. Um, but again, because we were out there, you guys, I totally could have skipped dinner and just gone home. Um, it was definitely a case of been there, done that, meaning suburbia and the big box retailers. And I have zero judgment about that for anyone else, but I have realized it is just not for me. And I had been looking the area where the Costco is that we went to also. Um, I'd also thought, oh, well, maybe I could be here. And it's like, I saw the building of this, of the track homes and new apartments and stuff. And keep in mind, like apartments are probably three grand for a two bedroom apartment in these areas. So we're in California, right? And I will tell you, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that after being in Oregon, which we were on the coast in this little place called Lincoln City. I mean, there's a reason we pay for the weather here. And I'll just straight up say that, um, not to mention everything you're close to. Um, but I really, <laughs> I just, I keep joking that Costa Rica broke me. And while that's a funny way to say things, I think what's more accurate is that I think it helped me find a more natural rhythm for myself. I miss the ease, I miss the energy and the way of life. So I am planning a trip back in October uh, for a couple weeks with a friend and um, we'll probably rent um, Susan's house. That's a beautiful, crazy beach house, <laughs> um, but we'll rent that for a couple weeks. But truly my goal is to be able to go back and forth. I really don't know what it looks like yet, but that's the plan. And I'm also at an age where my health is a huge priority, which it should be all the time. Okay, let's just say that. Like your health should always be a priority. But it is so true. You hit 50 and it's like, what the, what? What is going on here, right? And I I really did feel better in Costa Rica. Uh, Costa Rica is a country that is called a blue zone, which I don't know enough to explain to you what that means. Um, But I I really physically felt better. The air, the energy, I don't know if it's the proximity to the equator, the pace of life, the ease you feel, um, you know, no preservatives in any food, um, which, you know, I'm fairly healthy, so it's not that. But um, yeah, and what I will say, though, is I I really do appreciate having my health care back in the States. Even though it's cheaper in Costa Rica, there is something to be said for what we have here. And for the sake of all our sanity, we won't talk about the cost of healthcare here. But um, what I will say is, I mean, I scheduled what three, four appointments, just checkups, all that kind of stuff. And it's been really, really nice to be able to do that um, and have my insurance cover it. So I've got a pretty decent insurance plan. Um, And this is why I think going back and forth would be ideal. And, you know, I, I was telling my dad, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll just put a tiny house on his property. And again, you never know, I could end up in a relationship and that looks different, but I still will have a place in Costa Rica. That is for sure the plan. Um, But for now, you know, I'm really content with where I'm at. (laughs) 
plus the thought of moving again makes me cringe. And the nice thing about another bonus, I should say, about being here and figuring things out is that my dad's great with my dogs. He loves them and um, they can stay here with him when I travel. He really likes their company and it's pretty cute. Like when I hear him, he's been out and he comes in, well, hello girls. And he's talking to the dog. So, you know, it's cute. Um, it, it has been really nice to be here for the family. And like I said, my dad's health is much better. Um, but I've been able to see everyone and be there for special moments. Like I went down, where are we at? I don't know, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks ago, it was a week and I went down and went to the doctors for shingles too. Um, but for my niece's prom. Um, and so I was there for my sister for that and just getting to hang out and spend time with them. Um, and you know, she's got her graduation coming up next week. So I'll be down at my sister's for a few days and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing my more friends this summer too. So again, all of this is with the ultimate goal to go back and forth. And the plan is to maybe follow the warmer weather. Um, right now. So Costa Rica's season, they jokingly say you have dry and wet. So the dry season is like December through May, which is winter here, right? Bonus. And then the nice, so maybe it would be January through June, because I may as well stay for Christmas or January through May or something. Um, But what I've been loving is, and I don't know what's happening with daylight savings, excuse me, but um, having light so late into the evening, <gasps> I'm just like, you know, I'll look, I'll, I'll be doing something. And I look at the clock thinking it's, you know, six and it's eight because it's still light outside. And if you're not aware of this, Costa Rica, it gets dark by six o'clock every night all year long, you know, which is kind of nice for um, just sleep and it's light earlier, but um yeah, so that that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know, and um yeah, it's it's been an adventure and I am feeling settled. And so, you know, once my arm is feeling top notch, I, I just I, I honestly feel like I'm gonna it's gonna feel like I won the health lottery or something. All right. Now that you're caught up with that. Let's jump into business and where things are heading. So my focus, I've got it, and this is going to sound funny. I have four areas of focus. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I know it's allergies. There's been so much pollen here. It is nuts. Um, I've been working on a site revamp, and I've been using Cadence WP, which, oh my God, you guys, this is a theme in Block Builder for WordPress using only Gutenberg. This thing is fire. And I'll be publishing a post probably in the next week about what I'm doing and how I'm working through that. It'll probably be a series of posts with that. Um, and what I decided, and, and I'm this is kind of a unique collaboration I'm doing with Stellar WP, who has Cadence WP, uh, Event Calendar, um, Learn Dash. Uh, oh God, what is the woo stuff? They've got a handful of plugins and they had reached out to me about being an affiliate. And I said, you know, what I'm interested in doing are collaborations where I will create content and you can sponsor the newsletter. Um, so we met in the middle in terms of being an affiliate and getting paid for sponsorship and the content. And it was great. Um, their, their affiliate manager, Teresa has been fantastic. And, I think it's, you know, I, I, 
side note, which here we go, here comes the off script stuff, is that think about different ways, I call this creative monetization in a newsletter and different ways you can monetize your business. And so it doesn't have to be straight sponsorships, which are phenomenal. Um, And you don't have to do straight affiliate marketing, or could you do a one time collaboration where you get a higher affiliate income, uh, you know, percentage for, I don't know, a piece of content, something, you know, fortunately, with my background, you know, the WordPress chick and having, you know, uh, established myself in this space, digital marketing, and I've been doing it for a while, that I have an audience that I can share and promote. So anyways, um, stay tuned for that. But Cadence, oh my gosh, I don't think I'd ever use another page builder again. It, I, I love it. It's smooth. It's easy. And one of the things I like is that it's not super, I don't, I don't, I believe <clears throat> it's not developer centric, meaning, um, you don't have to know CSS. You don't have to totally understand padding and margin, which I do, but I, I just, anyways, I love it. Moving on. All right. So with my Kim Doyle brand, my four primary areas of focus, email, newsletters, nothing new there, right? AI and marketing. I'll tell you about that in a minute and coaching. Um, you guys, I've been talking about email marketing for a while now, newsletters for the last couple of years, and truly have gone down the rabbit hole with AI and ChatGPT. And uh, love it or hate it, it's here to stay. And so with this revamp of my website and messaging, I decided to use ChatGPT to help me craft the copy and dial in my offers. So I've got, you know, on one hand, I'm doing the site, sort of a, a build in public with Cadence. And the other hand, I'm tightening up, crafting new messaging, new content in terms of the pages, right? I'm not going back. I might update some blog posts, but um, I'm using ChatGPT to get clear on this. So because of doing these experiments, I decided that I may as well do this as I build in public and share the journey. So I started a newsletter called the AI Marketing Chronicle, the AI Marketing Chronicles. Easy for me to say. Sorry, I feel like I shouted that last bit. And I'm sharing what I'm doing. So every week, I share the purpose behind that week's lesson, as well as the entire chat GPT conversation thread. So you can see how everything progressed. This has kept me totally motivated to keep the project moving and continue with my own AI and chat GPT education, which you guys, oh, oh, ah, it's moving so fast. And um, <clears throat> it's, it can be hard to keep up with. And the truth is, I test and try stuff but I pretty much am sticking with ChatGPT. I'm definitely going to go deeper with Bard, which is Google's AI tool. Um, but it's, I'm having the time of my life. So, and if you're interested, you can go to kimdoyle.com forward slash AI dash marketing dash chronicles. So, or just go to the blog post. Um, and I've got a link in there as well. And so a couple things with AI and where this is at, I will continue to talk about it and how it fits into what I'm doing. The AI haters seem to be getting quieter, or maybe I'm just curating my feeds better. Um, But I think the thing that a lot of people are missing is that you don't have to pivot your entire business or business model to use AI in a way that serves you. (coughs) Sorry, you guys, allergies. I recently spent two days writing, ready for this, a 4,500 word blog post with ChatGPT. And I was talking about the eight untapped potentials. And so this isn't about, you know, me becoming an AI expert. It's just 
so much of that the the language learning models and the tech side of it and tokens and all that like I'm not necessarily interested in that. I'm fascinated by the space as a creator and watching what's going on, but my primary goal is to to use these tools in a way that supports what I'm already doing. That being said, I've done a bunch of one-to-one chat GPT. Oh my God. I should tell you guys, I call it chatty. So I should just say chatty, but um, chat GPT coaching sessions. And they're called chat powered strategy sessions. It's a 90 minute um, strategy session between you and I, and I pretty much drive the whole thing. I'm just asking you questions and I'm explaining why I ask certain things. And I've gotten some amazing testimonials from this. So that's been really amazing. Then I ran a workshop called Conversations with ChatGPT, a beginner's guide to AI success. That is, so that was a 90 minute workshop that is becoming um, a on-demand course, like 97 bucks, very easy to wrap your head around it. And I would say the biggest challenge with that has been to find a way to explain the processes so people can, can, um, use them in their own businesses, right? So like one gal said, you know, it was amazing to watch this and I'm, but I, and and to watch how you progress through it, but it's hard to see how I can relate that my own business. So um, I've been spending a lot of time on that sort of framework and how to make it so it's applicable to somebody else. Now, the one thing I will say with chat GPT is that you have to have a foundation for things, meaning I have a pretty solid foundation of marketing and copywriting, why people buy that kind of stuff. And I'm a constant student of all of it and I apply it, right? Like I implement. And so if you're coming at this as somebody new, you, sh- you still really are going to have to learn the, the basic principles and strategies for what you're trying to use it for. Otherwise, it's definitely going to come across as AI content. And, you know, another little note here is that that 4,500 word blog post, you guys, I did a lot of editing. It took me two days. I created custom images, all of those things. But I definitely, um, I have, I don't know that I'll ever just take what it says at face value and just use it. I've done that for naming of things but it's been iterations. So the iterative process is really important. And then, excuse me, lastly, I am about to launch a course teaching people how to create and launch a course in 30 days with ChatGPT. We're talking outline, content, landing page, sales page, email copy, the whole nine yards. And it really, really is possible, you guys. Um, the, the sp- I think that's probably what gets me the most excited is that the speed at which I'm able to deploy things. And it's not like I'm working faster. And I keep quoting uh, my friend Jason Resnick because he said um, what he's found is that with ChatGPT or any AI writing tool for that matter, when you find the one that works for you, um, is it extends his creative reserves. Meaning, you know, I tend to be most creative, you know, from like nine to say two or three. And then, eh, you know, now with the help of ChatGPT, I've got more reserves later in the day if I want to continue um, with with the work that requires that creative side of my brain versus task work, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, I'm having a ball and I'm in it for the long haul, whatever that looks like. Um, there's a lot happening with search and SEO and there's tons of different 
opinions on that. You know, Google is rolling out. They're calling it, God, is it SGE search generative? I don't remember what it stands for, but where you're going to be able to search Google and AI will pop up in your search and answer your inquiry and then maybe display a few pieces of content. Here's the thing that it hit me. I was watching a video actually this morning about this and I've watched a couple and um, I was thinking that, you know, if SEO is your primary traffic source, people might be really, really nervous. And while I believe SEO strategy and, you know, pillar content and all of those things are incredibly important um, for like stickiness on your website, for the most part, I, I don't know, you guys, I've just created what I wanted to create. And that's where things take off for me. Some of the content that has done the best for me has nothing to do with SEO, but it's connected to me with my subscribers. They, um, I gain subscribers. I tell different, I tell stories in different ways. So, you know, I don't know that it's going to hit me a ton. Um, because it really comes down to the content you create, the value it provides and the distribution, right? Which is you've got SEO as one piece and you've got social if you want to test paid. And I am probably going to test, um, some paid traffic to that blog post, the 4,500 word one. Um, and this is another side note. You guys, I found this gal, uh, Jana Bishop. You can just go to janabishop.com, just like it sounds, J-A-N-A, Bishop. Um, and she has this Facebook ads boot camp. It's like $89 or something or 90 bucks or whatever. And you guys, I have paid a lot of money to Facebook ad agencies. Um, I worked with Jason Hornung, who I still think is brilliant at what he does. And I'd like to get to the point where I've scaled and would happily work with him again. But she just shifted. I, I can't even begin to tell you. And she has a strategy where you set up three initial campaigns. You have traffic, you have awareness, and you have conversions, which are sales. And she tells you to to create a traffic campaign because traffic is cheaper as an objective than conversions. So you can run the exact same ad, but you can see what's working for five bucks a day. You guys, oh my God, I'm getting like 43 cent clicks. And so now it's a matter of taking that ad and turning it into a conversion ad and increasing the budget. So anyways, I highly recommend it. You can just go to her website. It's on there. She explains it so simply. And maybe it's because I'm super familiar with, you know, ads manager and all that kind of stuff. But I like the concept of, I like the concept of instead of paying an ad agency to be able to put that money towards ad spend. And I had hired an ad agency. I'm not going to go into their name, but I fired them really quickly. I was kind of mortified at the creative that came back. And I, I, there were great testimonials, but I should have said, I need to see some of the creative you create. Um, it's, it's a long story. I won't go sideways, but you know, and I think it was the first time I was, what's that word? Gas. Some, she was gaslighting me, the gal saying it was because of my previous experience with ad agencies. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even give it the time of day. I was like, no, I'm taking care of my business. I moved on, you know, got a refund. All good. Um, trust your gut was a big lesson in that. All right, let's move on to email and newsletters. So I am getting back to more frequent emailing and I'm having a ball with that. Between my personal brand and create it, which is the content planner, 
And if you've not seen her, you can just go to createitcompany.com. That is a new content planner I created last fall <laughs> while recovering from surgery. Um, there are three nes- newsletters that get sent out every week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday, I send out AI Marketing Chronicles. Wednesday, Create It goes out, and that is um, not written by me, thankfully. And Thursday, uh, The Spark goes out. And again, depending on the last time you listened to this, I had sent out an email to my subscribers asking a question. I said, can you help me out? And the question was, does F the hustle resonate with you? If so, why? If not, why not? You guys, I was fully expecting people, oh, what does it mean to you? And then it was, does it resonate? If so, yes. If no, why not? I was expecting everyone just to explain what it meant to me. The amount of people that are like, I like you, but I don't like F the Hustle. I was like, what? <laughs> and the cool thing, talk about, you know, personal growth was um, I got excited. I have struggled. Like, I love F the Hustle. I love the um, the thought of it. Like, I just, I'm not grinding at this stage in my life. I want to enjoy the journey. And I and I work, you guys. I'm pretty consistent and I, I implement and get shit done. But like, just stop. I can't, I, there are some days I can be at the computer in the evening, but you know, that's, you know, I'm on my laptop almost every night, just, you know, puttering, but to sit at my desk and keep working late in the evening is just not good for me at this stage. Um, but what was great was the feedback was so helpful. And, you know, some people don't like the implication of the F word, even though it was just F, which, you know, to each their own, I'm not, I have no judgment on that. Um, and I'm not, you know, it's not a sword I'm willing to die on for lack of a better explanation. And what a lot of people said that was super, um, endearing is, I guess would be the choice here is that they said, you know, your newsletters are uplifting and you're inspiring and positive and F the hustle has a negative connotation to it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that's where you guys, I did go through and I use chat GPT to come up with the spark. And I, oh, I just feel on fire with that. And the crazy thing is that my therapist mentor, I'm thinking I'll call her a mentorist now, but um, has been telling me I have a spark for the last, I don't know, 10 years that we've been working now. Well, <laughs> shit, it's been 20. So probably we're like 12 years since I started doing deeper work with her. But anyways, that's going phenomenal. So that's really exciting. Um, but my point, let's circle back to three newsletters. So I know there's some overlaps with people being on all three lists. And so there may be days when people get more than one email for me, and, but I am trying to avoid that. So I have Kindle on ConvertKit, right? I was using Klaviyo for Create It, but with a few shifts in plans for that brand, I really don't think we need something that is as tailored to e-commerce. So I actually canceled Klaviyo. I exported the list and um, am moving it to ConvertKit. And this probably sounds redundant. Also, I we are using Beehive for that newsletter. I'm also using Beehive for the AI Marketing Chronicles. I have an uh, a Zap setup so that when people sign up through Beehive, they get sent to ConvertKit or one the other way around. I don't remember <laughs> which one it is. I'm I'm literally waiting on Beehive to get a webhook. They said they're creating a webhook so that. When somebody unsubscribes from one, they get unsubscribed from the other. They're tagged correctly. 
But, um, you know, it was interesting because Klaviyo is really built with a lot of SMS and functionality and um, uh, uh, e-commerce, right? Like abandoned cart sequences and stuff. And Jody and I used ActiveCampaign for the Content Creator Spinner. And we definitely recovered some good sales when we were running ads with that. But I don't, I honestly don't see doing max more than 10 physical products ever with this brand. I'm thinking more like five or six. Um, and so I was like, would I call this a full e-commerce? I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, I think it's better to use what I'm familiar with and will actually use and spend time trying to fit to get Klaviyo to where it needs to be. I hate active campaign. I know it's super powerful. I don't like the company for what that's worth. Um, and, uh, I just, eh, so whatever. My wish, my my wish list would be that Beehive would become like a full ESP. And then I would, that's it. I'd go, I would double down on Beehive. I love it so much. Um, but the biggest priority right now for both email and newsletters is to make sure that we have a consistent process in place. And when I say we, I mean me and my tiny effective team, which I've just got a few people, but I am working on growing that to a couple more. Um. The other piece is making sure we have the right distribution and promotion schedule in place for all three newsletters, because that's a lot of content that can and should be driving traffic to both brands. I've also started focusing more on newsletter growth, novel idea, I know, but I have stuck with ConvertKit's creator network and I started doing some newsletter swaps and so far, so good. Um, The next piece of that will be those traffic campaigns that I mentioned where I am doing like $5 a day paid traffic campaigns for the newsletter. And I think what I'd like to do is come up with some sort of lead magnet um, that supports the, the tone and voice and brand of the newsletter. So it might be an email course. It might be, I don't know, a three-day video course. I have not decided, but um, because I really believe I had created, was it last fall? It was called Create an Email Experience. I think the clearer you can be about who you are, what you do, what you provide to your subscribers, um, A, the better conversions you're going to get, and B, the less people you're going to end up on the, with on, on your list. <laughs> oh my gosh, not recording. i I uh, just tripping over my words today. Um, a, you're going to end up with the right people and be less unsubscribes, which will help, you know, and then I said the conversions and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's really, I think it's important to be crystal clear with that. So as opposed to just a newsletter opt-in, I'm, I've, I've got a couple ideas and I will do that for each newsletter, um, and see where, you know, how well it converts and whatnot, not to mention, you guys, I'm a big believer that with a welcome sequence, you should make an offer at the end of, you know, a seven day email sequence. So um, it's just this whole journey with the newsletters. I it's, It is absolutely one of my favorite things to do. I love writing the newsletter, the entire creation process in terms of what I'm creating, um, just getting into the weeds with writing and just getting lost in that space and then format. I just, I love all of it. I love all of it. Um, and it's, it's just, What's been really fun about the evolution of F the Hustle to the Spark is that it's been so organic and it has led to so much more. 
And literally, it all stemmed from asking my subscribers a question. So never underestimate the power of asking questions, surveying your audience, and getting feedback. All right, let's jump into podcast and content marketing. So as much as I have missed doing the podcast, I was also feeling a little bit burnt out. I knew I needed some sort of pivot or change to the podcast. I just was not sure what it looked like. I really was thinking, you guys, like, maybe I'll do seasons and maybe I'll do this. But for me, part of the the fun element to podcasting and content is having some fluidity, meaning I can jump in and, and talk about something that's on my mind or top of mind or something that happened that could be a valuable story or lesson or whatever. And so, um, you know, it's just, I don't know that I would do seasons, themed seasons anyways. I think you could do, you know, summer, you could do seasonal seasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but whatever, you know, I am, um, now that I'm feeling settled, I, I just figured, you know what? there's no perfect time. Let's just pull the trigger. So here we are. And, um, you know, I, I just have this renewed sense of excitement and clarity in my business. And I have said this before, and I'll continue saying it as long as I'm alive. Clarity in business and life comes through the doing. I'm a, a big proponent of spending time thinking because obviously, can we get clear on on what we want by thinking? Sure. But it's really hard to define that without actually putting some skin in the game and taking action or testing to see what works. Because th- those are the people, you know, I know somebody that had has been working on this product that could have been selling three years ago. And I was in Boise when this person was working on this and talked to another mutual friend and they still haven't pulled the trigger. I'm like, by the time they get around to it, it's going to be a been there, done that, you know, stuff moves so fast online that you want to think top of mind and, and obviously value, but you know, it's kind of like you look at templates and stuff and, and think about the people who probably made boatloads of money selling a thousand chat GPT prompts. Are people buying prompts anymore? Not that kind of garbage because I mean, basically my, my guess would be those people that did that went in and said, create a thousand prompts for me about SEO and spit it out and they put into a notion template. So those have lost their value. Right. And I do think we're kind of going into the, um, I st- we're so early with AI and chat GPT, but I think the people that were opportunists are finding they don't have the chops maybe to go deeper with it. So, you know, we'll see anyways, back to, um, back to uh, clarity through doing, you know, because the first few months back in the States were more challenging than I expected. I knew my only priority was taking care of myself. And obviously being at my dad's, my expenses are much lower, Um, which is exactly what I did. And I am doing because I am, there is no shame. I am a fan of the nap. I am a fan of quiet. Um, Although I did tell my dad, I'm like, I think I need to go get like a, a Walmart pool for the backyard that's big enough that I could drop a raft in and float and read. <laughs> it's my happy place. Um, you know, but for the podcast, I, I'm going to stick with the same format in terms of solo shows and interviews, but I'm going to be bringing on some new voices. I have connected with a lot of new people this past year, and I would really like to use my platform to help them get their message out. And I, the two things I've said were the best things I've ever done in my business were 
launching the podcast, which was the WordPress chick back in 2013, and email marketing. The beauty of podcasting is it's such a it's such a give, right? When you take the time to interview someone, you publish a piece of content, then you promote that content, and you're basically saying, let me use my platform to share your message. I mean, there's no huge ask in that. But the bonus is what types of relationships can come out of that. So, um, and you do it with the hopes that you create better connections and relationships. And I think I'm probably going to do a whole episode on the value and the importance of relationships and people in business. I probably have at some point, but um, it's, it's paramount. You know, I've got a friend who's really sort of in this rebuilding phase with her business and my big, she's creating the content, she's creating the products and programs and, and publishing to social. But my biggest thing is I'm like, you need relationships. You need to start connecting with people and getting out there because it makes a huge, uh, huge difference. So um, I am also testing out a couple new AI tools, AI tools for podcasting, primarily for the show format, like timestamps and social content. And I'll share an update once I've spent some more time with those. Um, I, I probably won't use those a lot for the solo shows because you guys, this whole podcast episode is written out before I record it. Um, because who knows where this conversation would go otherwise. Um, but they've got some amazing features for interviews. And I do think being able to incorporate timestamps and they pull the timestamps automatically for you, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the interviews will obviously be published to YouTube because they'll be video interviews. And then I will be looking at repurposing some of those into shorts and whatnot, but more on that later, because you guys, truthfully, like there's so many things, right? You're never done. I've accepted that in this space. You're never done. There's always more to do. So it's what can, what is my consistent publishing creation marketing plan? And do I stick with that? Right. And then I squeeze in the playing with tools or trying new strategies or tactics in the space between when I need to take a step back and just go, okay, I I just got to pause for a minute and I want to just have some fun. So, um, I do have a couple of interviews I recorded before I left Costa Rica. So I'm planning on getting those out first after this episode. Uh, And then what I'd like to do is I'm going to run a giveaway to celebrate the relaunch of the podcast. And that will probably be in July um, and run for at least a month. So I don't know, maybe summer's not a great idea, but I don't know. It could end up being August, but I am going to run a giveaway. And then ideally the tools that I'm using, I can get some, some of those, um, gifted for the giveaway, like a year's subscription to one of those platforms or something. So now let's kind of shift a little bit to business in general. Like I said, the past nine months have been a lot. It was August, which I can't believe we're not that far from August this year. When I found out I had the herniated disc, um, worst pain of my life. I will happily, well, (laughs) not that I'm at a stage in my life to give birth, but I will tell you childbirth was easier. Um, a month later, having surgery in a foreign country, no less. Um, I think I talked about this, you guys, I, I have no doubt the surgery was done great. Love the surgeon and all that, but the hospital, I really felt like I was, it was like 1950. Um, and then there was the move back and I moved back February 9th and I had already gone back at Christmas. So, um, my income has definitely taken a hit, but that's life. There's ups and downs. And it's also made me realize what types of systems and recurring revenue should be a priority, which I know that sounds like really, Kim, it took you 15 years to figure that out, but Hey, 
Um, I've been in this space long enough to know that we all have ups and downs and you can also turn things around very quickly. Um, when you have a brand and an audience and an email list, it doesn't take much to get back on track. Um, and yes, that's my not so subtle hint to make email marketing a priority. I have some pretty ambitious goals that I'd like to attain by the end of 2023. And I know that with focus, which I have and consistent action, these goals are super achievable. Plus, I've thrown in a couple of exciting personal goals that have me more excited than I have been in years, which is exactly what goals should do. If you're not excited about your goals, they might be too small. So speaking of ambitious goals, I want to recommend a book I recently listened to that just lit something up within me and was the catapult to this excitement, this energy, this action and the implementation. It's called Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. The funny thing about this book is that I got it, I got the Audible last year and I started listening to it on and off when I was in Costa Rica. I don't remember why I didn't finish it. Um, I spent way less time in the car there, which is where I tend to listen most to audiobooks. But I picked it up again on a recent road trip. I shared with you guys my trip to Lincoln City, Oregon with my friends. And um, if I can drive somewhere, I probably will always prefer it. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, West Coast to East Coast necessarily, but anywhere on the West Coast or within a day's drive, I would preferably do because, um, you know, flying is a pain in the ass today, (laughs) but which another goal is to always fly first class. Um, But anyways, um, what was great is that because it was like a 10 hour drive, I was able to listen to the entire book in one day. One of the exercises he has you do, which you should totally do is write a letter from your future self. About a week after I got home, I sat down and I wrote a letter to myself dated December 31st, 2023. And the letter started off, which will tell you the energy behind it was, girl, you are not going to believe what we've achieved this year. (laughs) It gives you a good idea, right? Like it starts off with just tons of energy. Um, And I hand wrote it in a journal and it just poured out of me. I typed it up later um, because my therapist mentor, um, whatever. Uh, I, she's, she just, I don't know. She supports all of this stuff that I do and is a great sort of accountability partner. Anyway, so I took a picture and sent it to her, but I thought it'd be easier to read if I typed it. And I'm probably going to record it in my own voice so I can listen to it in the morning and at night. But the, the beauty of that letter was it just, it got me thinking bigger. And you guys, when I say bigger, I I just, and it's ridiculous. At some point, I'm going to stop explaining this. And actually moving forward, I'm not going to explain this again, because it's okay to define bigger, whatever that looks like for you. Um, And I do want a big life, a rich life with rich experiences and people and travel. And, you know, money is always a part of that. And there's something so freeing about not having to worry about money, which is, you know, as much as I can spend. I listened to something else. It was a spiritual mentor once and they said, well, how much is enough? And they're like, as much as I can spend, you know, whatever that looks like. So it's investment, security, owning your house outright, buying a vacation home. I don't care. Okay. But I'm going to stop pre-qualifying what big goals mean and to each their own. Not everybody has to want big or more. So, um, but I do. (laughs) So there you go. Um, so like anything else, because of what that did for me, um, then I got 
the uh, other the, a brand new book by Dan Sullivan. Uh, excuse me, by Benjamin Hardy and Del- Dan Sullivan. They have written three books together, and the title is uh, "10x is Easier Than 2x." And it's not about hustling and doing more. Like Grant Cardone has a 10x book, and Benjamin Hardy is doing this great series on YouTube that I'd highly recommend um, because he explains a lot of the frameworks in the book. And he talks about Grant Cardone's 10x, but it's fascinating where you look at, you know, we all are familiar with the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, that 80% of the stuff you spend the most time on gets you 20% of the results. I think that is a fair, I hope I explained that correctly. Um, But where you are today, your 20% are, are, no, not the results, 20%, the 80-20 that your 20% of the stuff needs to become your 80, if that makes sense. He does a much better job explaining it. Um, But, uh, you know, think about, so you've got certain tasks and certain things in your business. But if you want more, if you want to grow, whatever that looks like for you, you're not going to do it, right? We've all heard the others saying, um, insanity is expect doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But this is much more strategic in that look at the stuff that gets you the biggest results. For example, the podcast. Podcasting totally 10x my brand when I started. So, you know, now that I'm in a different space and for what it's worth, my confidence level and in my skill set and my ability and it is 10x easily from the time I first launched the podcast, if not way more than that 50x, because I don't doubt myself. I mean, there's always going to be some self doubt, but I trust myself enough. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be trolls. I get a lot less of those, but whatever, you know, and always remember you guys always, always remember that the people who are where you want to be are not looking back, judging you. The people who are behind you, not where you're at, or not taking the risks, or not showing up the same way, are looking forward, making judgments. You know, it's that whole, what do they call it, armchair referee, right? Like people, <laughs> my brother's the epitome of that with the NFL, you know, where they've got, it's so easy to to not be, um, to be a bystander and have opinions. But remember, the credit goes to the man in the arena, woman, man or woman in the arena, right? Thank you, Brene Brown and Teddy Roosevelt for that. So um, I, I highly recommend if this stuff interests you, uh, the Be Your Future Self Now, and he's got some very simple exercises, and I'm just, I'm continuing to implement them and trust myself and show up. I am really committed to showing up a lot more with video um, and, you know, sharing that journey. So Whew, that's, that's a lot. I think we covered a, a good chunk today. There's so much more that I want to share with you that I'm working on behind the scenes, but we'll wait till next time. And I, I really do want to share some very specifics about ChatGPT and how I'm using it. So, um, oh, this just hit me. Um, because one of the things I was saying, I don't know if I addressed this in the podcast element, and I swear I wrote about it. Um, but the other thing that I would like to incorporate to the podcast are some shorter episodes, you know, like, like a very tangible tip, 10, 15 minutes. So maybe those are the chat GPT ones. Hmm. I think I might do that. And that becomes a video podcast. 
well, thanks for helping me figure that out. Um, that's how my brain works, guys. So again, if if you have been a longtime listener and you're still here or you're back here, thank you. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to be back. It feels good. This is such a natural medium for me to create content on. I love it. I have fun with it. And so, yeah, here we go, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you find this valuable, please leave a review, you know, Twitter, share it, whatever you need to do. But let me know that this was helpful. And I'll catch you guys next week. Hey, one more thing before you go. If you are not subscribed to the Spark the newsletter, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash the Spark, all one word or with a hyphen. I've got it both. Uh, you can get that in your inbox every Thursday morning where I've got special offers for subscribers only. Again, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash the Spark, and I will show up in your inbox next Thursday morning. Have a great day, guys. Thanks.